somebody's mowing their lawn, apparently, right outside my window. A nice, subtle hum. Serenade. It's going to happen. Do you remember that one time we were recording in my uh, in my my studio in my house, and somebody kicked on a lawnmower, and you immediately thought it was a chainsaw? I don't remember that, but I believe that that was me. <laughs> you were just—is that a chainsaw? <laughs> it's yes. That's right. I believe that. Yeah. I like those little glimpses into into your thought process. Into how my brain works. Yeah, it's chaos. That somebody could just at any point whip out the chainsaw. (laughs) Oh, man. So, the the Mad Libs were a big hit. I'm, listen, so glad. I'm over the moon. I had I have thought nonstop about that, and apparently a lot of the beans have gone out and purchased this particular that same one. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> Which I'm very excited about. So I have a question for you. What would you rather do, the amazing Minotaur, or Cerebus training? I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards the Cerebus training. Are you okay? Yeah. Let's do it. So. I'm reading some of the other texts on this page. It's like, and now you've created your own hilarious Mad Libs. <laughs> All right. So I'm not doing this with pen and paper. So uh, I'll try to edit it out. But if there's clicking and typing noises, look, it's free ASMR. It's free real estate. So our first one. I need a person in the room. Uh, a male. Jim. Oh, shit. <laughs> Oh, perfect. (laughs) Give me a number. 69. Of course. I'm so proud. An animal? Mm. Bush tit. (laughs) What is is the bush tit? It's a bird. (laughs) Bush tit. (laughs) I need a plural noun. Mm. Oh. Hokey pokies. <laughs> okay, next up, a silly word. Oh, a silly word? A silly word. Oh, God. Oh, no. Um, you know what? I'm going to go back to Millie Willie because I still think about Millie Willie and it makes me happy. <laughs> Millie Willie. What was the original instance of Millie Willie? It was a review, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give me a noun. Prolapse butthole. Jesus. Oh, I hated typing that. <laughs> One verb, please. Mmm. Mmm. Verb. Grinding. Oh, Lord. One more verb, please. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Donkey punch. Oh, my God. Love it. Haven't thought about that 
in a few years. <laughs> Give me a type of food. Spotted dick. Oh, God. Why is that a thing? I don't know. Someone please tell us if it's good. <laughs> oh, I bet it's delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Party. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> okay. Um, now give me a part of the body. A part of the body? Plural. Plural? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. That's okay. Uh, it's so funny. My brain completely, like, blacked out as to what plural body parts are. <laughs> That's what I mean. This You just lose all sense of knowing anything when you play Mad Libs. It's so weird. Okay. I'm just trying to think of a clever way to say balls. <laughs> you know what? Let's just scrotum sacks. Ew. First of all, the word sack is what made me say ew. Sack. Also, it's... I, <laughs> I will be spelling it S-A-K-S. I'm glad. I would hope so. Uh, verb. Oh, the goddamn squirting. Ew! Part of the body. Not plural. Not plural. Um, moist perineum. Oh my god. Why did that one come so quickly? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. It's weird. These either come right to me or I blank out. It's like you had it locked and loaded. Uh, okay. Oh. Moist perineum. Uh, give me an adjective. Rashy. Adverb. Seductively? Seductively. I feel like I've done that every single one. I just say it. (laughs) (sighs) Seductively. I don't like that that's right after rashy. Are you sure? Mm. Plural noun. Mm, Plural noun. I saw you standing alone. Oh, very nice. Plural noun, buttholes for eyes. (laughs) Oh! I have questions about this. Like, is one eye one butthole? Or is like one, it's like a fly's eye. Could it be like six buttholes for one eye? Ooh, that one's worse. I hate it. I was just thinking two regular buttholes for eyes. Oh, okay. Uh, plural noun. Let's do another adjective. Mm. How many are there? There's adjective, verb, noun, and then a verb ending in IG. We're almost there. Jesus. Okay. (laughs) So adjective, you say? Yes. Yes, I say. Voluptuous. Oh. Beautiful. I spelled that really. I I don't know how to spell that word. Whoa. Verb. Erect. All right. Noun. Mm, a noun. A dirty Sanchez. 
Ew. <laughs> oh god. Really, really going hard with the throwback. Uh <laughs> we got the doggy punch and <laughs> Alright. Here we go. Last one. I need a verb ending in I N G. Humpingly. Oh, that's <laughs> I I heard L Y, not I N G. God damn it. That won't work. Oh, dammy. Uh, we could just do humping. Okay, there it is. Humping. Sure. Whatever you want, man. Look, this is your universe that we've created here, okay? It's not a good one. It's it's scary. She's scary. All right. Oh, no. I uh, do say I accidentally read ahead of one of the lines, and it's beautiful. But before we go any further, mm-hmm. this Mad Lib... And I, sure, the entire episode, whatever, sure. But mostly this Mad Lib is dedicated to Chesaria M. It's a beautiful name. Chesaria. Wow. I'm struggling. My brain just had to work so hard to think of so many words. (laughs) (laughs) Is there any way we we could do Chesaria to the tune of Arabella? Chesaria. Arabella. Same amount of syllables, right? Yeah. What is it? Chesaria's got a interstellar winter something. Something something skin boots. Chesaria. Yeah, like I can't remember how it interstellar some skin boots and a helter and a, and a helter skelter. Something something. My I know the 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 part that I know all of the words to are the chorus. <laughs> and the like wraps her lips around a Mexican coke part like that whole part I know uh, but all of his mutterings I don't know makes you wish that you were the bottle this song was written by a 12 year old <laughs> and then I also can do a pretty good takes a sip of your of her soul and it sounds like <laughs> So we didn't, we didn't actually <laughs> sing that one, but... That's for you. That uh, guitar solo was dedicated to Chesaria M. You're welcome. Let's, let's get into Cerebus training. Please. Oh, no. I forgot this. Oh, no. Here are some tips for training Jim. Oh, no. Your 69-headed guard bush tit. <laughs> be consistent the same hokey pokies and commands <laughs> should always apply be concise don't say milly willy several times <laughs> don't say I can't do this don't say milly willy several times in a prolapsed butthole <laughs> or else he'll grind the word out entirely (laughs) I feel like that's just how he talks be generous (laughs) be generous I can't say it be generous donkey punch him for being right (laughs) by giving him treats Like spotted dick, yes. (laughs) One for each of his scrotum sacks. 
don't over <laughs> but don't over squirt him. Verbal praise and moist perineum massages can serve <laughs> can serve as rashy reinforcement too. <laughs> Gross. Be patient. Understand that training him seductively takes time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't expect immediate buttholes for eyes. <laughs> Immediately. Don't think that's going to happen. Right out of the gate. (laughs) That's like what happens when you're enlightened. It's like, don't think that's going to happen that quick. Don't expect the buttholes for us just yet. And like, what? Is that a perk? (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Sorry. Take a voluptuous tone and Mm. erect at him. (laughs) So pretty much if you want to train Jim... You need to be sexy. Yes. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Take a voluptuous tone and erect at him. So he at knows. Him. At him. <laughs> erect directly at him. So he knows. <laughs> so you know he's on your dirty Sanchez. <laughs> Lastly, enjoy. Make sure you both have a good time. And he'll be humping out of your hands in no time. Ew. <laughs> Gross. Um, I gotta tell you, I think my favorite part is uh, to donkey punch him for being right. <laughs> oh, I kind of liked the moist perineum massage. Massage. It just it just makes so much sense because he's we've talked. He's very moist. He's moist. He's a moist guy. Massage him. Got him. Oh no. I feel better having done that. Uh, that was good. I've been looking forward to that like nobody's business. Me too, man. Oh. So besides um, cramming canfuls of spotted dick down Jim's throat for treats, mm. what are we talking about? He does love that. I'm talking to you today about a soft bitch named Gardenia. Oh, I'm so glad. Is she that? Yeah, I figured she'd be a soft bitch. She's a soft bitch. Yeah, but very nice. <laughs> As most soft bitches are. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you about a very interesting little 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 stone, little mineral oh, stone. Oh, mm-hmm. a rock. It's pyrite. pyrite. Cool. Very neat. Pyrite. It makes it's me a, think of cookware. Pyrite. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot pyrite. that that's like, yeah. Huh. Well, I assure you it's not made of pyrite. I feel assured. Mm. <laughs> So, I'm going to jump right in to this little golden bitch that we know as pyrite. Wow. A.K.A. Iron Pyrite. Mm. Which I feel like if the original name is in the A.K.A., it doesn't really count, but sure. Yeah, you know. Brazzle. Cute. And perhaps the most famous, Fool's Gold. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I yeah. actually didn't know what it looked like, so now. Oh, yeah. Um, you will know immediately if you see it because it's got a very distinct growth pattern. A lot of crystals are, you know, they'll, they'll be either kind of lumpy or they grow in points like the quartz. Mm-hmm. Pyrite grows in that very square. Yeah. It'll, it has little shoot offs of very like square, but I'll, I'll get into that. So. Well, actually, I I will get into it because it's the first thing I have on my list here. Here we go. So it forms in very uniform cuboid crystals. 
meaning that it uh, it naturally makes little cubes. Usually, like the larger the formation gets, the more of those little cubes and shapes that you'll tend to get. There are other shapes. Uh, it can kind of be a little flaky or a little uh, like druzy, you know, like a druzy crystal mm-hmm. can look like that. But the larger it gets, you'll get things like those super satisfying shapes, very straight, very clean, mm-hmm. such as, again, that square or that cube or the octahedral. Oh. The octahedral. I had to kind of look into what that was. But it's basically like an eight-sided die. It's like the pyramid on top of the other pyramid, and they're both, okay. both pointing out. Or it's like a it's like a plumb bob above a sim's head. Okay. Um, okay. And I very much want... <laughs> it's the first thing I thought. It could have just been easily broken down by the actual name, Octa, you know? But um, <laughs> sure, it's a plumb bob. It can be easily mistaken for uh, what's called mar- maracasite. Hmm. Because it has uh, it has the same chemical formula, however, it crystallizes in a different system. So you you won't get those very clean shapes like the cube or the uh, dodecahedral. I like these words. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I have to stop and um, sound them out, but they're very they're very tasty to say. The name pyrite is from the Greek word for or the Greek phrase, I guess, that means stone that strikes fire. Or pyrites lithios, because it would spark when you struck it against certain other materials, particularly steel. It's an alternative stone for those who are born between July 22nd and August 21st. So in other words, Leos. And I didn't plan it that way, but I liked it because researching this, it felt so more like I felt personally way more connected to pyrite than peridot. I mean, like, okay, I liked peridot once I got to know her a little bit more in the in the peridot episode. But pyrite, dude, I could like feel that energy shooting at the through the screen. I was like, oh, yeah, this is. Oh, yeah. So pyrite is generally assumed to be safe for water cleansing. Uh, I'm not sure of the prolonged effect of being exposed to water especially if you plan on consuming that water, do not do that with pyrite. Uh, And then always make sure that you dry it. If you do choose to water cleanse it, uh, do not let it air dry. Pyrite can be very easily uh, tarnished. So just be careful. I can see that, yeah. It's a little little delicate. Native Americans thought pyrite to be very powerful. Uh, They used it in divination, during rituals and prayers. Uh, They did it, they used it for healing. They wore it as jewelry. And... It was carved into masks by ancient Mayans and Aztecs, and some ancient cultures uh, shined it up and made a mirror out of it. And it looks, I know, amazing. I know. Uh, And I looked it up because I was like, I got to, that sounds beautiful. Turns out I've seen it a hundred million times. You see it in like a lot of those, um, like historical, like historical type, uh, like a museum setting. Mm. I never knew that's what it was. It looks to me almost like a really, really tarnished regular mirror. I'm kind of wondering if it's what I'm thinking of. Are you looking at pyrite or the mirror? Pyrite mirror. Oh, yeah, that is what I was thinking of. That's cool. I never knew that was pyrite. Yeah, exactly. I had that same reaction. I was like, oh, I've seen this a lot. Um, but yeah, they would they would shine it up and use it as a mirror. Also, the use as a mirror would it would kind of be reflected in its metaphysical uses in that a lot of people use it to kind of show you the truth about something or the truth about yourself or reflect the truth of a situation. So more recently, 
pyrite was used in firearms as the source of ignition. So mainly the 15 to the 1600s, it was used in like, you know, like as the flint um, to, to shoot, to make the shooty go. <laughs> it was once used uh, widely in the making of sulfur dioxide. It has since been replaced with other like more effective means of doing so, but it is still sometimes used for the purpose of, of making sulfur dioxide. Today, pyrite is used in lithium batteries as well as uh, crystal radios as they were the most prominent uh, detector used for this purpose. People really like collecting things like that, like crystal radios. I think crystal radios are fascinating. That's really cool. I really, really, really like those. And I can't, I know if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times, it just reminds me of Napoleon Dynamite. (laughs) you got to add the crystals. (laughs) Lastly, uh, there is a push currently among the the eco-friendly to create solar cells, like solar panels that you'd put on top of your house or whatever, purely out of pyrite, which I think would be beautiful. That would be beautiful. But also have like a really cool purpose. Pyrite is all about willpower. Not only, yeah, I know, not only does it work hand in hand with the solar plexus, which is all about personal power and confidence, but it naturally boosts the want and the focus to accomplish your goals. If you wish to use pyrite to work with your solar plexus, um, I read somewhere that someone suggested once to wear it as a belt buckle. Wear a pyrite belt buckle, which uh, places it right where it needs to be, kind of in between the sacral, the sacral chakra, chakra as well, because it kind of works with both. But it also just sounds super Texan. Dude, I got to tell you something. I still chuckle. You said something once. Like, I think maybe the <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm going to say? Yeah, I know where you're going. I still think about that Wasn't when we that... were watching Forged in Fire. Yes. And there was that guest, and she had a really, I think she was a farrier, and she had a really large belt buckle, and she Mm -hmm. said something, and you were like, I can't hear you over the sound of your belt buckle, and I have not (laughs) forgotten it. I think about it all the time. (laughs) I'm so happy that you liked that. Made an impression. (laughs) Bust out the pyrite when you need a little push to finish a task. It'll sharpen your focus as well as bring you some clarity that is needed to reach or to see that finish line of a, of a goal that you have. Hold some pyrite while you meditate or visualize the outcome at hand, and it will lend you its energy. Oh. Oh. Pyrite is sort of what I think of as a, a strong motivator. I was thinking of it earlier, how I wanted to phrase it. And the first thing I thought of was like tough love, but I don't think it is quite tough love uh, because that involves like telling someone a truth they may not want to hear. Yeah. So it's not technically that energy, but it is very like, no, you get up. You're a GD warrior. You're, you know, get it, bitch kind of energy to it. Um, It isn't passive and gentle. It goes after it. It goes, it goes hard. Oh, oh, it can. (laughs) And it can bring out that warrior energy. Uh, It brings a sense of assertiveness to people who don't normally act in an assertive way, especially if you're needing to work, needing it to work for protection. And I'm not talking metaphysical protection. I'm talking, although it is a very uh, metaphysically protective stone. What I mean is, say someone you know is like bad for you, and they want to come around into your life Mm -hmm. again. uh, And you normally are just like, well, yeah, okay. 
Pyrite can help you kind of stand up and protect yourself and say no. Protect yourself by saying no or protect yourself by asserting yourself. Or uh, also protecting your friends, your children, your family, etc. by standing up for them on their behalf. Beyond protecting those that you love as well as yourself, pyrite works well with those who want to make a difference in the world or become more giving. All of the above, especially like re-assertiveness, makes pyrite a good choice for people who uh, suffer from excessive worry or social anxiety, as it can be hard to say no if you're always scared about how others uh, are going to treat you or react. Oh yeah. Should you, yeah, should you like step out of line as it were. Mm Pyrite is highly grounding. It's very tied to the earth, and it is uh, so tied to the earth that it is constantly, like, very strongly and very quickly, like, more so than other kind of earth-based stones. It's constantly drawing earth energy up into it, and it has kind of a wide area of influence. I don't want to say aura, but like a wide area of what it's changing and what it's kind of spreading that earth energy onto. So it's very protecting, very grounding, carries a lot of the forces of the earth and many people use pyrite as a stone of financial attraction placing some bills under the stone helps manifest the draw of cash into your home or your business Uh, so it's really good for those who might run like a shop or you work for tips Mm -hmm. or something like that all of these money attributes are enhanced greatly when they're used with other manifestation stones such as citrine which Uh Every time I think of Citrine, I think of the Citrine episode where I think I said Citrine was a rock star for abundance. You, did. you but absolutely like did. Three times. <laughs> why do I? Why do I cringe at myself? Uh, <laughs> you compare it with Citrine, Tiger's Eye, and Aventurine, not Adventurine. I don't know. I think it's Adventurine. I'm never going to not say that. I, in fact, it screwed me up so bad that that's not how you say it. Here's how I spelled it. A-V-E-D-T-U-R-N-E. <laughs> my, my, my brain was like, fuck you, I'm putting a D in there somewhere. Uh, so lastly, if angel work is your bag, pyrite catches the eye of Archangel Gabriel and Uriel. Oh. And I want to wrap up, even though it's I said last. Gabriel, isn't it? Does it Gabrielle? I always do that. (laughs) Forgive me. All right, I've got a quote here, as I like to do sometimes, and this is, just because you refuse to believe something doesn't make it true or false. Whoa. And that was said by Kate Hudson, or or her character, Tess Finnegan, in the the movie Fool's Gold. (laughs) There, thank you. I was looking for good, I didn't know any kind of like pyrite, and I was like, ooh, what about Fool's Gold? I was like, what of those old cartoons where somebody like falls for fool? Like that has to have something. And then the movie Fool's Gold came up and I was like, there she is. Deal. <laughs> so that's pyrite, man. I liked it a lot. I'm glad. I'm thankful for that. It seems like it's just good to have a good little meaty chunk of. Carry it around on your belt buckle. Can't hurt. Mm-mm. Have a real noisy belt buckle. <laughs> just super loud. <laughs> So we're going on week who knows what of isolation for many people across the world. How's your mental health been? I have some things I want to talk about. It's really fortunate that there is something like BetterHelp out there that you could do from the 
comfort and safety of your own home at this time. I'm, I know for a fact with me and for you, I'm sure as well, not having to go somewhere to do counseling during this time and the thought of having to go somewhere to do counseling in this time, I just think would be very, like having this as an option is great. The idea of a waiting room makes me so uncomfortable that if I did go to therapy, that's probably what I would end up talking about the entire yeah. time. You'd just be like net neutral. You know, yeah. you wouldn't be going forwards or backwards. <laughs> it's really helpful to be able to send my counselor a message anytime, especially those 3 a.m. freakouts, and to wake up to a nice thought out message. That's, isn't that great? That's yeah, great. Nice. So... <laughs> BetterHelp is committed to helping you have a good match with somebody that you jive with that you can send those 3 a.m. messages to. Oh, yeah. If you feel that you want a new therapist, you can switch at any time and it's no pressure. There's a broad range of expertise available, which is very helpful because sometimes you got some very specific things going on and you want somebody who knows what they're talking about. Exactly. These are some of the things that a licensed professional counselor can be specialized in to help you with depression. Stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts. Can I just say we're all stuck with the same group of people around <laughs> now and that can be helpful. LGBT matters. Grief. Self-esteem. And, and more. more. <laughs> hey, we did it better. <laughs> <laughs> so anything that you share with your BetterHelp counselor is completely confidential, convenient, in a professional, private environment. BetterHelp is not a crisis line, but it's also not self-help. So if you don't want to take our word for it, they put up new testimonials every day at BetterHelp.com. Help as in H-E-L-P dot com. H as in heliotrope. <laughs> We want you to get the help that you need in these times. So as a listener of the WBAH podcast, what are we? I almost said a listener of the WBAH nation. <laughs> You'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash witch. Again, that is betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash witch. So I'm going to talk to you about gardenia. Yes. The gardenia is technically an exotic flower. To us, oh. at least, because um, it is from Asia, specifically China, originally. It belongs to the Rubiaceae, Rubiaceae, you know how these plant names are. <laughs> Rubik's Cube. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. The scientific name for gardenia is Gardenia Jasbinoids. Romania jasminoids. <laughs> you made that up. <laughs> Rome gardenia jasminoids. I'm pretty sure that's how that's said. There you All go. That's right. for you. I buy it. So gardenia essential oil is extracted from the gardenia shrub. Other plants in the same family include coffee and cinnamon leaf plants. What? I know. Very aromatic family. Huh. Mm -hmm. Stanky fam. Very good. Good stank. Good. It's a good stank. Yeah. There are more than 250 varieties of gardenia plants, but the essential oil is extracted from the one known botanically as gardenia jasminoids. <laughs> sure. The plant is native to China and is commonly found in Korea, Taiwan, Japan, Myanmar, Vietnam, and India. 
And uh, it's a common house plant, too, in the United States and Europe as well. So the southern U.S. gardenia can be grown outside, which I have gardenias here at, at this place. And they're old enough now to where I can not have to baby them so much. Like Papa did all of the babying. And so they're like, okay, you know, that said, they're very delicate. So they can be difficult to cultivate. Um, And part of that is the temperature doesn't need to drop below 60 degrees. It doesn't want to be below 60 degrees. It likes to be in full sun, which is funny because my gardenia plants fall below 60 degrees a lot and the best healthiest one is in like almost full shade so i don't know what's going on i swear these rules for plants are just made up i think some plants just have personalities and they don't they'll either want it or they don't it is what it is what it is so nowadays most gardenia oils are cultivated using chemicals known as solvents uh, some of these solvents can be a little more harsh than others. So it's important to know kind of what all is in your gardenia oil if you're getting it, especially if you want to use it on your skin and your face and things like that. Uh, gardenia oil that is made from enfleurage, which is, from what I could tell, the method of rendering scent like in perfume with the fat. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, It's typically a more natural, but also very expensive way to get the oil. But that is still done. It was the way that it was originally done was but not anymore. I mean, it still is, but not to the degree that solvents are. So it is more expensive to find it. Very accurate French, by the way. (laughs) So Gardenia, it's pretty well known uh, for its assistance with lifting depressive moods. Oh, uh, it's used in ancient Chinese medicine to help lift the mood and induce relaxation. Hmm. A study conducted by the Nanjing University of Chinese Medicine found that gardenia essential oil triggers chemical reactions in the emotional centers of the brain. Wow. Yeah. And it also said researchers found that the gardenia extract offered antidepressive benefits for up to 20 hours. I guess after exposure. So that's pretty cool. That is so cool. the plant or itself is full of antioxidants and can be used in the skin to help remove any free radicals or pollutants that might be hindering complexion or things of that nature. And it can be used in a massage oil as well for blood flow and pain throughout the body. And it contains antibacterial, viral, and fungal properties. What? Yeah. I would I I am- think that learning some shit i didn't think that at all not at all so uh that can help wounds heal faster and can help prevent infection therefore it can be used in a wound healing salve uh if you want which would smell great so let's talk about the let's talk about the metaphysical and this is a very short topic by the way that it's pretty and i feel like my last one was short too but they're both very straightforward topics like, I'd get into them and I'd be like, okay, this is pretty much it. So, gardenia, there's like two real rock and core strengths with gardenia. Rock and two rock scrotum and sacks core strengths. with oh, gardenia. God. And those are tranquility and attraction. Using this flower uh, and scent is said to provide a calming energy, one that can help clear a troubled mind or troubled heart. The meaning of white gardenia. Uh, which is perhaps the most known of the gardenias, stands out because it has the greatest symbolism. So the white color, of course, symbolizes purity. uh, And this is purity of a loved one, the purity of a relationship, etc. 
gardenias, um, the, the, the white gardenias are just all about like peace and harmony mm. and oh, lifting the mood and Ooh, yeah, so soft. Know, like, yeah, all those kinds of things, which is um, oftentimes, you know, they're used in decoration. You just see gardenias everywhere. They're revered. So they're a very popular wedding flower, uh, which makes sense because it also, again, smells fucking great. Yes, divine. So we should. Uh, so apparently there are red gardenias and I did not know Whoa. that there are red gardenias. The symbolism here is a little bit different, and it's a bit more fiery, of course. It's red, a little more passionate. It can symbolize the secret love. It's associated with secrecy and um, hidden love and things of that nature. So that's the red, the red gardenia. She's saucy. She is saucy. Mm. You, can, you can scatter dried gardenia petals around your house if you want to, which doesn't that just sound fancy? I would ascend to another plane. I mean, that sounds great. You can scatter dried gardenia bloom pieces around your house or around the room to bring in a more peaceful vibration into the place. The scent of the flower is just kind of, it's just overall great. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely. just overall fucking great. I love it. It's one of my favorite scents. Uh, mine are starting. They don't have, um, they'll probably be open in a couple more weeks, but I'm starting to get bloom buds on mine. Ooh. And I can't wait because every night, because the neat thing about gardenia is that they're mainly pollinated through night pollinators. So it's at nighttime that they their scent is the strongest. So if you're sitting outside mm. at like dusk, boom, that's when it really hits mm. and it's super nice. I love it. I, I love, love night them. blooming plants. They're fun. I do too. I do too, and it makes sense that they're white. I guess more often than not, yeah, like moonflowers, gardenias, things mm. like that. These white flowers, I guess, so it's, they can reflect moonlight well enough. Also, I have a um, floor wash from Hearth Wisdom Store called uh, Peace. It's like peace based, and it's gardenia scented, like gar- not gardenia scented, but it's heavy in gardenia oils. And I never like made that connection before. That's very cool. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I saw several things about floor washes for gardenia because it does have that ability. It seems to levelize a space. Yeah. Really well, it's a very pleasurable flower mm. and it's it's symbolism with love. It, it kind of gives roses a run for its money. To me, gardenias are the better version of roses. Whoa, strong words. Well, they smell better. I think they're prettier flowers. And they're so soft. They're such soft flowers. They're very velvety. I love it. And I just, I think, I really, really like them. So it's like if I, I would pick gardenias over roses, personally. There, I saw a really interesting connection, though. And I really liked this. And I thought that it was a nice message so they're also associated with self-love, but maybe like in, in self-care, but not in the way that you would think. So essentially, they're this worldwide revered flower, one of the most beloved scents in the world. People love gardenias, and they're one of the most persnickety, difficult, needing care plants. And the kind of messages, and that's okay, you it, like... You can't become a great without putting care into yourself is kind of what it is. And so that's where it's good, you know, perhaps if you're starting to incorporate self-care into your life or you don't feel like you deserve the time for it, Mm. Gardenia is here to tell you, oh, no, you do. Oh, baby. 
Yeah, and I was like, that's really nice. I really like that. Because you get a lot of things where it's like, induces feelings of self-love. But it's like, this induces more of a like, look, we all do it kind of. And it's like, look, if you want to yeah. if you want to get through shit, you're going to have to take care of yourself. Because look, I can't even grow a flower unless somebody is on me all, all, all day long trying to figure out how to keep me alive. So, and, and look how great I'm doing, you know? So I feel like it gives you that. <laughs> Also, a little bit, and I could be looking, looking too, I could be trying too hard with this, but it seems like also maybe a little bit of like accepting help from others to, yeah. you know. You know, just be, be helped. You don't need to carry the world on your shoulders to like dazzle mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. you know, because you have this flower that is so delicate and receives care to be as good as it is. And it's just this revered favorite thing. And it has so much help to get there. What a sweet little beauty. What a sweet little message. Sweet little softy. Sweet softy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sweet softy, but um, kind of kind of powerful. There's a little bit of grit there. Yeah, I get that. It can, it, gardenia can do some work. Mm. My gardenia is not blooming, and now I'm just really sad about it. <laughs> All right. I think we've done some good learning here today. Learning. Hard learning. Hard learning. <laughs> I'm thinking of how to roll into this banana. Oh. <laughs> Not banana footage. This beautiful bean footage. Dude, I have had such a journey. I, I've got bananas on the brain. I'll tell you what. I've had such a journey with dehydration lately. It's, it's such a fun time. Do you have a dehydrator? I got one and it was messed up. So I had to actually return it and get a new one. Yada, yada. I've done apples in the oven. Amazing strawberries they burnt and i did but i did bananas and they were so moist that i didn't have enough time you have to to do them for a long time when i did bananas in mine it took i think 12 hours or some shit it took a long time It, it just got to where they were still a little bit moist on the inside and i was like i gotta i gotta turn this off i did but they were still really t- i mean they were just more like fruit leather than anything they weren't like I, a banana chip it was gross i had an experience with them so i was making them for the first time in my dehydrator and they take a long time in the dehydrator and i didn't know they'd been about in there as long as the apples and it was like eight hours and i picked one up <laughs> and ate it and so it was like it was like skin mm. and but it was warm uh-huh. And so I ate it, and it was crunchy, like not even crunchy, but it was like thick and chewy around the edges, and then warm and hot and leathery in the middle. It was so <laughs> gross. It was so gross. A textural nightmare. That's disgusting. I think eating it warm was the was the killer there. Well, mm. I'm glad that you're into dehydrating. <laughs> anyway, that's why I had bananas on the brain. <laughs> so here's some beautiful bean footage. I mean, review footage. Jesus. <laughs> oh, what would happen if you just poured a can of beans into a dehydrator? They'd turn in, you know, those weird candied peanuts that are like in the sheet, but they, they're they like peanut brittle, but they're like the, the chewier ones that are like sometimes bright pink. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why I feel is like that? They would, I don't know, but I feel like that's what would happen. Yeah. I might have to try it. There you go. This review is from Clearly It's Kayla. I like that. It's called So Grateful. I'm so happy to have stumbled upon this podcast. I'm new to this world, very much alone, and it's nice to have a friend. 
black heart emoji, purple heart emoji. Oh, I like those emojis. I love a good emoji. Uh-huh. I'm a well, a well played. Mace Wad. What? Wad of mace. Oh, see, that's dangerous. Oh, a big sticky wad of mace. Mm-hmm. I have something I want to advertise. Maybe it's a mace wad. And I'd like the people... I'd like the people of the Wabak Oven to know about it. Where where can I go find information about that? You can do that at advertisecast.com forward slash the witch bitch amateur hour. Jazzy. Mm. We have one email address. It's wbahpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> go donkey punch Instagem over on Instagram. Oh my, that's right. Only if he's right. It's a treat. Okay. <laughs> he would be into that. <laughs> like when he's done something good, he kind of like walks like on all fours, like backwards towards you. Because oh, he wants, he wants he a just, good punching. He gets ready. <laughs> it's like, you know, when you pet a dog and then you stop and they like put their nose under your hand. It's like that. But like he just kind of. But he does it as a crab walk instead. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, but you can do all of that over <laughs> on Instagram at Witch Bitch Amateur Hour. <laughs> We've got a Twitter. Look at us retweet at Bitch Hour. Come eat with us over on Facebook. We'll have a big heaping can of spotted dick <laughs> at Witch Amateur Hour. No. Witch on Facebook. We have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Waba Podcast. WBH Podcast, if you will. Mm. Where you can support the podcast. We have monthly live streams. We should figure out how to do a live stream together, because I'm sure we can. I don't yeah, know. I, there's got to be a way. Uh, but we also have two blogs a month. And certain tiers have bonus episodes. Jo- it join it. Go. It's, it's a good time. We have fun. Over there doing stuff. <laughs> it's it's a good time. We have fun. <laughs> Macy 2020. <laughs> Sawsbox. Sawsbox. You can find her over at P.O. Box 865, Canton, Texas, 75103. She's ready to just gobble up any any little handwritten letters of love mm-hmm. or hate that you would like to send. Ready to mingle. She's ready. Ooh, she is ready. <gasps> Oh my gosh, what if people just started sending in their, like, dating profiles to Sawsbox? Only, yeah, to Sawsbox. Like, yes. they're, like, trying to convince her why she should pick them. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, it'll be like Love Island, and then we get to choose who Sawsbox couples up with. Okay, can someone, though, actually do this? Can someone I know. please make other characters, <laughs> other inanimate objects to be writing letters to Sawsbox so we can... That would be so much fun to read those. Oh, my God. Once we can, you know, regularly get out to post offices and stuff Mm -hmm. again. But it's... Y'all get on it now. Start start brainstorming. Oh, man. Well, I had a great time today. What are you doing for dinner? I feel like this is usually... When we record at this time of day, we have a good dinner discussion. I don't know what Hunter's doing. He might be making tacos. Ooh, what kind of tacos? I don't know. He also might be making Brenner. <laughs> oh, you get Brenner so much, dude. I'm, oh, we have I love so Brenner. many eggs now. That's true. Are you keeping your eggshells? 
I started making, yeah, I have like an ongoing, I'm excited about it. I have it in a pint jar and I'm just going to always be adding to it. I'm just going to have this continuously evolving batch of cascaria. Are depending the, are on the, whatever mood I was in when I made it. Yeah, it's a nice menagerie of feelings. <laughs> um, are your eggs different colors? Like they're... Uh, not too much. Like there's mo- there's like ivory and then there's some that are like a light brown, but almost pinkish, but mm. mostly brown. But that's, there's only two colors. <laughs> well, all right. In that case, you enjoy your brenner. I'm going to have leftover spaghetti. Fuck yeah, it's better the second day anyway. Always. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Catch you next time on the WBAH Hour. punch him when he's right (laughs) (laughs) that's what jim wants anytime he's right yeah it's a good old donkey punch a moist peridium massage honestly he's just that's a spa day for him oh that's what he did at that hole (laughs) hole in the wall places they donkey punch him and give him moist perennial massages well anyway he needs that he's a little irritated there from the candy panties like i feel like he (laughs) He needed some exfoliation. He needed yeah. to kind of, yeah, go in there, fix that up. The sugar and his natural yeast didn't really work so good.